0: You above the noise. Above the I voice. turn and run to you. I have no choice. Ain't I'm no choice. choosing to trust, trust in love, love over logic. Following the sound of your, your voice. Yes, I am hearing you above the din. You Remembering your touch mind. on my. And double the drawing healthy breath again again. i begin again. Choosing to trust love, and I believe. Drawing healthy breath again again.
1: Hi everybody. Nice to see you again. This is Richard Sachs. You're listening to Lost Arts Radio. And it's a really important time, you know, to do as much waking up as we possibly can and make a better future to the extent that we have discretion over that, which is quite a lot, actually. And our guests have been fantastic lately, and tonight is incredible. We have a friend of ours returning. Dr. Mark Circus is an American doctor who's in uh, Brazil right now and has been there for quite a few years. And I've been following his work since long before he left the u s and uh for quite a while now um, really insightful doctor is one of the um, brilliant people who got through the training without losing the ability for basic reasoning and common sense perception things like that, which is not easy to do the the medical school and the phd schools and the public health schools are set up right now to make sure that nobody gets through them and is likely to you know blow the cover of the deep state by telling the truth and fortunately some do so we're going to have a very interesting completely unacceptable conversation as far as some of the platforms go and if you want to see where we are uh you know, at any time in the future, st- stay in touch at lostartsradio.com. So welcome, Dr. Circus. It's really a pleasure to see you again. Thanks for coming on.
2: Thanks for having me. Thanks.
1: Doug pointed out that the last time was that we got to talk was February of uh, 2020, a year when some major stuff happening. It? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And that was the month before things got officially kicked off in the U.S. Um, and they progressed downhill since then, which is waking up a lot of people to what's going on. And that maybe our criminal media doesn't always tell the true exact truth. You know, they're starting to catch on to that. Um, most people don't realize the extent to which we're living in a science fiction movie now. But, I mean... It may be a science fiction movie, but the experience is is experienced as real. So, whatever we can do to turn it around would be good. And I thought if we cover two subjects today and whatever else you want to talk about, description of the situation, situational awareness right now, and countermeasures, what people can actually accomplish, because this is going to people at various places in the world, and this is a situation that's global. So, if we start out, and, and also one more comment before we really get into it, and that's that the whole fake pandemic is only one element, one major element of the attack on humanity right now, which I see as an attack on all life. Um, so, we have a lot to deal with at the moment, but humans are carrying more potential power than they realize. So... What do you think our situation is right now, first of all?
2: Too bad the Martians are not invading the Earth, because we probably would do better than our own people betraying us. Right. It, it's a really bad situation. And <clears throat> part of the problem is we don't, really don't see it and verbalize it as it really is. Let's take Dr. Fauci, Fauci as an example okay you know they you know they're, they're asking me hinting that maybe he should be investigated hinting that he did something wrong when he's really responsible for mass murder and being pretty happy about it and getting rich about it yeah um i published an uh, article last week or was it monday already Uh, Nuremberg two. I saw that. That was a
1: great article. Why don't you tell people who didn't see it, what that was about?
2: Well, you know, after world war two, after millions of people were murdered and the pharmaceutical doctors were experimenting on, uh, concentration camp, um, inmates, They brought them all. You know, brought the doctors and the pharmaceutical executives to trial after the war. They hung a few few people, and threw the executives in jail. And then they got out a few years later and went back into the pharmaceutical companies. But the Nuremberg Code is basically, you know, it's totally against forcing medicine on anybody. Vaccines or any kind of medical experiments. And here we are. I mean, even Hitler, Stalin, Lenin, Mao, and Pow Pot none of them, none of them even come close to the evil that's being unleashed on the world. None of these guys went after the kids. And threaten kind of mass slaughter of the kids through uh, lethal injections. Right. I mean, um, this is this is yeah. this is as bad. This is so bad <laughs> that we don't even have language. We don't have the language. Well, let me ask you a question, or everybody, a question: Why aren't people demonstrating in front of the CDC, the FDA, and the NIH? NIH. People I, don't know.
1: I think it's hard for most people to, even a lot of the ones who see part of what's happening, I, th- I think it's emotionally difficult because of the programming for people to imagine that authority organizations and individuals that we have been trained are just selfless servants working day and night to help us and save us from, you know, certain death at the hands of horrible viruses. It, it's pretty emotionally difficult for most people to imagine that those people could be mass murderers. That's what I think. That's the reason I think it's not happening.
2: Well, we can go back fifty, sixty, seventy years. I think it was uh, J. Edgar Hoover. Said basically exactly that, that the crimes are so horrible that people could just can't imagine it.
1: It's even worse than just regular old garden variety mass murder because most mass murderers, I mean, I don't know, I haven't really studied that demographic, but I don't think they necessarily are into torture as well. A lot of them just want to, you know, kill everybody. These guys are into torture. And it it goes right into the program. It's not, you know, we could be wiped out as a species or even all life on the planet overnight because they have the technology to do that. And they're not doing that when they could. I think that's a really important factor to understand.
2: Interesting, interesting idea. Yeah. The good news is Bill Gates has been... um, in, in India, in, in the court, has been right. uh, accused of murder.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, I wonder what's going well, to happen with that.
2: People being still too nice. I don't know. I don't know. And well, it's well, a good well, in jail. It's going to keep sailing the same direction.
1: It's interesting that that You know, some of these people are exposed a little bit by people like Rand Paul in the U.S. Congress, and then nothing is done. They get to go all over television and continue the program.
2: That's correct. That's correct. So even though it seems like Rand Paul is being confrontive, he really isn't.
1: Well, nothing is being done. It's just a so far. It's just a show.
2: It's a show. It's a show, and it's very sad. You know, I'm very far away from it. I live at the end of the world. Though, after maybe publishing fifty articles on COVID since we last talked, right? I I, I I basically stopped because it was killing me. I mean. I was, my blood pressure shot up and stress levels going through the roof. Yeah. It's, so,
1: one of the things I found was really necessary in <clears throat> deciding to be aware of what's going on with this kind of thing is to separate the different faculties of the mind. In other words, there's a strategic analytical faculty that is not emotional but is very sharp and clear. And there's another one that normally is in a default mode to function exactly with it on the same target. And that is the emotional faculty that picks up whatever it's looking at and absorbs the energy. And I, th- I think because of that default setting that those are like bundled together, it makes it almost impossible to really go into understanding this kind of thing without going crazy. So what do you think about that?
0: I don't, know. <laughs> I don't
1: know. I found a way to separate them, but that's another discussion. But one I have, of the-
2: I, have, I have I have pretty thick skin. But well I guess I guess I reached a limit when my daughter, who's in college in the south of Brazil, uh-huh. told me she took the first Pfizer vaccine. Because right she either had no choice according to her when right. i think she did have a choice and my other son uh i have like six kids but one of them also got vaccinated because he thought it was the right thing to do yeah and he yeah i mean this really i got over it but it's very personal it's very uh, personal.
1: yeah it is extremely personal yeah um the universities in Brazil, are they as bad as the universities
2: in the U.S.? I'd say it's a very difficult question to answer, because here in Brazil, basically, people are much more passive.
1: Oh, that's interesting.
2: Univers- universities in the United States, so there are some elements, people fighting this and don't want it. Right. And yet, they just roll over these people. They don't care. Vaccines is the best thing that ever happened to the human race, and everybody who thinks that is complicit, because we knew, I knew 20 years ago when I wrote The Terror of Pediatric Medicine, which is all about vaccines, I knew where this was going. Of course, I hoped it wouldn't go this way, but I terror, pedi- pediatricians are terrorists, Injecting babies on day of their birth with hepatitis B vaccine, a disease for a disease that they're not even at risk for. If they would do that, and they did, they've been doing that for thirty years. This is not a big, big leap. These are terrorists, and they don't want us to know about it. Yeah, they don't. They don't. I mean. I uh, Here's, here's a, uh, a piece of information. In Europe, 31,000 deaths from COVID vaccines in their legitimate vaccine reporting system with almost 3 million injuries, and half of those are serious. And that's
1: what percentage re- reported out of the ones that happened?
2: Everybody argues about that, but somewhere between... Well, in the United States, which I think has reported 18,000 deaths right. They say between 1 and 10 percent
1: Yeah, there's a Harvard study called the Pilgrim study that said It could be under 1 percent that are actually reported And they, they do make it difficult to report It takes too much time for the doctor And most
2: of them don't even know about it Yeah, So, but even even, even if we just stuck with the numbers and these reporting yeah, systems. Yeah, yeah. We're 40 forty we're talking sixty thousand dead and the mainstream press maybe reported one of them. I mean, they don't report it. They right, and that,
1: that's twenty times the number that are supposedly dead from nine eleven, right? Because um, they said about yes, about about, uh, about three thousand people supposedly died when the when the towers were destroyed.
2: So, and I mean, people even even on TV, you know, football players are dropping dead on you know right. right in front of the cameras or having heart attacks, and the it, well, the media is not the media anymore. It's like they, they don't report the news. Truth doesn't matter to them. It's,
1: well, uh, actually, it really does matter. But the, the what matters about it is to make
2: sure nobody hears it, right? Yeah. So, and it's not just a vaccine. You take you take um, climate change, another yes. huge, 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 huge lie. People used to being lied about. I mean, of course, there are people like us and a lot of people. I don't know how many who just don't pay attention because they know it's all lies. Um, it's uh, and, but, it, but now it's cash calmer. This winter, I mean, temperatures are, are all, winter's already started. Maybe mm-hmm. not in the United States right now, but certainly in England, Europe, China, Russia. You're going to run out of energy in Europe, gas. So we're going to have record breaking winter. And people are going to suffer for it because they're not prepared. That's,
1: that's the advantage of using the term climate change, is that if, if it keeps getting colder, that's still climate change.
2: Now, I have a site called Cold Climate Change. Okay. I'm writing, I'm writing an essay called Violent Climate Change. Yes, it's cold, it's, it's violent. <laughs> right. And...
1: You write so many great articles. How do people get on your list to get the articles in the email?
2: Just go to my site, uh, drcircus.com, and you'll see the sign-up form right there on the page.
1: Drcircus.com, right? Yes. Okay. So what are the main, what are the major elements that you would say? You've mentioned two of them. One is the the fake pandemic. The other is the uh, climate change hoax. What What are the main other things that are elements of what I would call the uh, assault, against, uh, insanity, insanity. But, uh, assault against insanity, but assault against life, basically?
0: Well, yeah, and the,
1: I say not just assault against humanity because they're not just killing humans; they're wiping out the ecosystem in a lot of ways.
2: True. Um. You know, one of the things like about uh, this whole thing about climate change and taxing carbon and against coal, you know, coal, very necessary to keep people alive still, keep people warm this winter. We found that out last winter when, the, but you know, know, we're right on the edge. Europe is right on the edge. What did I read just before the show? Germany is shutting down their nuclear plants. Now I'm totally against nuclear energy, totally. Right. Me too. But I wouldn't be—I wouldn't be into shutting down so people will freeze to death.
1: Well, the thing is, you don't turn off bad energy sources until you have the replacements in place,
2: which we do not have.
1: No, they're all the people who try to bring those out are all being killed. I mean, solar and wind are nothing compared to what's really possible, and those are being That's suppressed. True
2: That's true too.
1: In the u. s they're turning off the oil pipelines in this country
2: the, I'm sure most people have seen the movie from um, H. G. Wells what was that the Time machine? Yeah, and it went to the future, and the, the, the monsters were living underground, and they'd come up and they'd uh, pull the uh, humans from the, the surface down and torture them and kill them and eat them and whatever. You know the the elite, they built their underground shelters, and it's, it's, you know it's. You said I think you started the show talking about science fiction.
1: Yeah, I did. We're
2: li- yeah, we're living it, and they and they're doing the same kind of thing. What kind of consciousness would go underground? And what would life be like if we had a nuclear war? Ninety nine percent got wiped out, and you're living underground. Wow, it'd be a great life.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, I, you know, my opinion is the people at the top of this power structure are happy just to cause maximum suffering, and I think it's pretty hard for the average person to grasp that there could be people like that.
2: I saw. I'd like to talk about two things. One, gra- graphite o- oxide, yeah, and graphite. also, right. and the other thing. I well, let's talk about that for a minute. I saw a video yesterday or the day before of this chemist, a brilliant chemist, um, PhD, talking about graphite oxide, which he says is really not graphite oxide; it's graphite um, hydroxide. Hmm, and he I went on to des- and I, he went on to describe in very intelligent ways. You could even understand, even if, you, if you're not a chemist, the the structure of this molecule. And he basically said the edge of this molecule is like a razor blades. And th- it's in the vaccine. Some of the vaccines or all the vaccines, I'm not sure. I kind of mm-hmm. ignored the subject. And he really described that if this was what was chopping up the blood vessels, creating the thrombosis and... And blood clots, and heart disease, and just destroying the circulation, the the vessels in the body. Right. And the the next day, or a few days later, he was attacked, beaten to death. And yesterday, I had to watch his wife. I think who looked pregnant because she was holding her belly, telling people all about this.
1: Where where are they Where are they
2: from? Uh, they are from Austria, I believe. He's from Austria. Or- wow, Austria, or German, German. I mean, dead. You know, I have is I have this one essay. I'm I, you know this week so far I've been a coward. I had this essay. It's called "Beyond Terrible: An Age of Mayhem, Madness, and Monsters." And I was afraid, it's so nasty, it's so bad, I was yeah. afraid, afraid to publish it. So I published about infrared energy and keeping warm this winter instead. Okay. But I still have to look at it every day. And, I mean, uh, it, it's just another piece of news. In the school district in, in, in Texas, Sent police to the homes of two men to arrest them on charges of disorderly conduct with the intent to disrupt the meeting. <laughs> a, a school board meeting? Yes, yeah, well, but they went, it wasn't at the meeting. They went to their homes before they went to the meeting. So I write, right after that, I write, the worst criminals on the planet have taken over. And they have the nerve to call anyone who dig- disagrees with them criminals. Right. This is what's going on.
1: And, and you were saying that the people in the country where you are now in Brazil are more passive about that than in yeah, the US? Yeah, they're
2: more. We have a president who's against the vaccines, right. who's against this whole thing. He's a kind of a crazy guy, uh, but still half the population is behind him.
1: He seemed like he, he was good in a lot of ways, from what we can tell here.
2: Somewhat, yes. It, it's kind of controversial. You know, all the politicians are criminals down here. It's really a, a disgusting situation. Okay. C- kind of mild compared to what you find in Europe and the United States and Canada today. But who, ha- who has the power? like our our FDA down here so they're still mandating, they're still and people just, well, like United States, how many million people took the vaccine? 200 million?
1: Right, supposedly about 200 or or more at this point. (laughs) I I think they're saying that there's about 80 million that haven't gotten it so there are varying figures for the population because of the massive invasion of illegal aliens right now. But if if you guess 340 as the current population, then it would probably be about 260 that have taken it. Something like so that. You
2: got a lot of passive people up there. I mean, a lot of people, <clears throat> well, they've been very successful for many, many years. Yeah, Some of the biggest opponents of COVID vaccines and, you know, some of those brilliant people, scientists, you hear them get up and they say, well, I'm pro-vaccine. I'm not against that. I know.
1: I know. That's always amazing to me. You know, I I looked into vaccines back to, at least back to uh, Jenner in the UK, which was around 1796 or so. And I couldn't find any evidence from an open-minded perspective of them preventing disease. I just see there's nothing. It's all fake. You know. And
2: I, that, to, to the point that there's a, a very respectable microbiologist in Germany who offered 100,000 euros to anybody who could prove that the measles, the measles virus existed. And wow. somebody took him took him up on that, and the case went up to the Supreme Court of Germany, which ruled after looking at all the evidence that's available in the world about measles, that it didn't exist. (laughs) And one of the nastiest vaccines until COVID showed up was the MMR. And um, one-third of that vaccine is for something that doesn't exist.
1: Yeah. And, and that's not saying the other two do exist. It's just that that one is known to be fake. And right, exactly. that was a, a, an outbreak. One of our best really, you know, good outbreaks for selling the vaccines was in Disneyland with the measles outbreak. And, um, that would be so frustrating to the people that put all the work into that outbreak to find that measles actually doesn't exist but a lot of the people that got it in that so-called outbreak had gotten the measles shot
2: that, that should too? tell people something is that too? so where this is all going it's hard to give up hope that something will stop the madness it's hard to give up hope. Yeah. I think uh, it's, like, it's a, like a 50-50. Situation. I, I really don't know. I really don't know. I would I would have been... I'm surprised that more people haven't tried to escape from America. <laughs> Abandoned ship like I did 30 years ago. <laughs> well, one thing
1: is they're not sure where to go. That's yeah, true. You know, because it's not like... It's not like World War II when people were trying to get out of Germany. There were plenty of places to go. It's not the same.
2: It's not. I agree.
1: I mean, really tiny countries that you would never think would go along with anything are some of the most severe right now. Oh. I, had, I had friends that had to escape from Bali, as an example.
2: Oh, Really? yeah Well, I have it pretty good here i'm <clears throat> um three three hours from the federal capital brasilia uh-huh uh, and I'm in a deep uh, river valley and nobody bothers us here, and the nearest town i mean i have a i live in a town maybe about hundred and fifty families. Uh-huh. And the nearest city, which is only like 8,000 people, and it's half hour away. And it's a very alternative community. And people, all the hippies came here in the last 30 years. And people escaping from the end of the, uh, for, for all the reasons we're talking about. Right. So it's, it's, um, it's nice. And I just bought a fruit farm. Anybody wants to come. I can handle one family. Could build a house for one family down here. We have some really nice land. Sounds beautiful. Oh, yeah, I'm lucky.
1: How is the uh, government of Brazil as far as um, people who want to come into the country? Like in some countries, you have to go into a quarantine and that sort of thing.
2: I don't think that's happening here. I haven't, I haven't heard that.
3: Okay. I heard that.
2: They're, pre- they're pretty relaxed, but they, the the flats—they're not. Uh, I guess if you fly internationally going out. You have to get, do a test or something. I'm not sure. Okay. Not sure. Yeah,
1: and it's still in a moving scenario. Depends on you know how successful or unsuccessful the rulers are in taking it to the next step.
2: Here. The rulers are uh, such criminals that we always joke for years that they're too busy being criminals to to really run the country. So it's, we have a very good.
1: Well, so that's good, right? That helps freedom.
2: That's good. That's very good. (laughs) Very, very good. Yeah,
1: that's great. And if people. I mean, in the area of Brazil where you are, are you, are you still doing your retreat at the moment?
2: Yeah, I live, that's how I live my life.
1: So, I but I mean, retreat. you're having international clients come there as guests? No,
2: no, 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 nobody.
1: So nobody's coming right now?
2: Nobody's coming. <clears throat> I, it's been that way for years for me. I've been. Been, I'm a recluse. Right now is ju- in a huge house. We're going to open. We're finally, after many years, this this New Year's, we're opening it up to, to, to for rentals. Huh. Now I have another house on the, on the farm. So finally, and. Um, it's been my preference. Just you know, writing has been my thing. I did books and blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. But it's been—I've been left alone. Everybody leaves me alone. That's whatever the. Re- and since the beginning, I'm left alone. Nobody goes after me locally because I don't publish anything in Portuguese. Right. Uh, and Internationally, I guess I'm too out there for them to even touch me. They just. Ignore me. So, sounds sounds wonderful. Yeah, and now the kids are gone. My my two youngest kids left the house. Uh-huh. They're not only fifteen minutes away, twenty minutes away. So it's just me and my wife. And, and but it's going to change. Next year we're going to get more involved with people locally. But. Uh, I've gotten so used to both of us in COVID. My wife, she just took total advantage of the situation and almost locked herself in her beautiful room. And she's been studying online, Jungian psychology, and professional course, a uh, master's level course, and uh, just pulled the plug on social contacts. And i think that yeah, sounds yeah. great
1: <laughs> i mean yeah com- considering the alternative and what's the community like around there for people that are interested in investigating brazil is it a farming community for, mostly where you are
2: We're, exactly where i yes so you know farmlands around but we have a local local community. There's natives. Half the population here of the 150 family are natives who are descendants of slaves, very simple people. And then the other half are people who have come here from either you know abroad, Spain, Germany, United States, right. like me. and uh, there's farmers around. We, I'm surrounded on three sides by two rivers. Wow. Today, today the bridge was flooded. You couldn't even get across. So, hmm. so, <laughs>
1: and you said that people are, the native people are descendants of slaves. How did that happen? I mean, slaves where and at what time? And who was the slave here? owner?
2: Um, <clears throat> well, the uh, fazenderos, the... the, the uh, Calling fazendeiros, the big the big uh, landowners until I'm not sure. I guess slavery left here just after the United States. So you're talking about 120, 30 years ago. Okay. And, and um, there the, are the different subsections. Is the kind of the people with mixed blood, and then you still have out in the in the in the real uh, boondocks. Different communities of you know, totally, you know, pure-blooded black descendants of slaves. Most people in Brazil, are a mixture.
1: So, was the slavery something that was started by the Europeans who came in there?
2: Oh, sure. Oh, sure.
1: So that was around when the thirteen, fourteen hundreds, something like that.
2: I guess the fifteen hundreds.
1: So before before that before that the native people were not descendants of slaves they were just people who no. were indigenous
2: right and that's why it still is and most of the slaves were were like in the United States were brought over from Africa
1: right 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 interesting so now are those those people are in better condition they have land and homes and farms and things like that
2: most of them yes we don't have quite quite the problem the united states has of the homeless there are people who don't have land and then they occupy people's land and they get away with that because nobody has an alternative for them but it's not a lot of people so it's it's pretty stable here
1: okay, so and far, a lot of, a lot of that has to do with the economic situation too, like in the u s, um, the decision has been made by the rulers to destroy the currency, and so they're issuing huge amounts of it, which has to lead to, if they can, are allowed to continue, the that's a plan for Zimbabwe-style inflation. To be replaced by a government-controlled cryptocurrency that the banks will direct and that will be connected to a Chinese-style social credit score. So they'll turn off your money if you don't obey, which is not a good situation. And that is is coming through the central banks, and the U.S. is controlled by a central bank or through a central bank. Um, Is it the same situation in Brazil or not?
2: No, no, no. They... It's like, you know, going to a cashless society. Impossible here. Impossible. It's too big. And too many people live in the, you know, outside the cities. People are too poor. And, I mean, a minimum salary here is a monthly salary is like $200 a month. In pesos? No, in dollars. $200, which would be $1,200. It's even less is the minimum salary.
1: $200 a month. But, I mean, do they use pesos there, or is it something else?
2: No, it's called hay ice.
1: Hay ice, okay. And those are staying somewhat stable at the moment? Well,
2: it's, it's losing... It's losing ground to the dollar. It has been for years. It's been very good for me, because I, you know, everything. I don't do any business here. It's all in the first world. So right, right. People it's it's uh, people are used to being poor here. People are used to, it's, many people are simple here. Yeah. So they're richer than they ever been before. It's it's a delicate situation, and it is going down. Inflation is going like everywhere else. Inflation is going up. Gasoline's going up. Oil. We don't have people. Don't don't. There's no people. Nobody has heat, heated homes here in Brazil. So when it gets cold, there's no heat.
1: <laughs> yeah. D- does it get very cold where you
2: are? At, uh, for about three months of the year, it gets really cold at night. Okay. Usually warms up during during the day. Right. Never freezes.
1: Huh. Okay. Interesting.
2: Never freezes.
1: And the farmland is good quality, I guess.
2: Oh, no oh yeah. I, was, I just, I about a year ago, I bought a, about a mile a mile from here, my house. I bought a fruit farm that was abandoned thirty years ago. Wow. So so I don't need to tell you the whole story, but. Right next to the house I just built, there's a manga tree. that's like eight stories or seven stories high.
1: Wow, I didn't know they were that big. That's interesting. They
2: get really big, really big. Maybe I'm exaggerating a little bit because I didn't measure it.
1: So you're not climbing the tree to pick the fruit. I guess it falls down when it's still good.
2: It falls down, and I have about 15 smaller manga trees, so it's... Okay. The old, the old big ones stop giving so much fruit.
1: How, how many? Right. How, You're right. How many acres is that farm?
2: It's uh, my the land I bought is uh, fourteen thousand square yards.
1: I don't know square yards to acres. I don't know either. Sir. I guess they use uh, hectares over there, don't
2: they? They, they use hectares. Yeah.
1: And that's 2.2 acres or something in a hectare,
2: I think. I think. so. I think so. Yeah. So. It's big, that's... big enough. I got fruits. Just every day I go over there and I eat some, pick fruits right off the trees. I'm not going to starve.
1: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And are most of the farms around there organic or not?
2: Mm, the one closest to us, yes. Because we're, I'm at the very top of Brazil, this whole area. I'm actually in a valley, not far from the top. And you go down a little bit, and then you start the regular farms, mass production farms, corn, soy. Right. But up here, up here. I mean, we a lot of the people in my community went crazy because right above us, somebody got approved to make a farm that uses chemicals. Huh. So, uh, but that was a big deal.
1: Yeah, you were trying to get that to not happen, I would imagine.
2: Yeah, it's almost like spitting in the wind. A hurricane wind it doesn't. Right. So.
1: So do you so, do you agree that this whole issue with the pandemic and everything is really a consciousness test as far as what is going what is going to happen as a result of it Not
2: sure what you mean a consciousness test
1: Well I mean you know when we think about whether things are going to turn around and get better because that's possible what it really comes down to is the consciousness of humanity Or at least a significant part of it. Because if they continue in a state of blind trust of authority, then that's not good for the future. And if they wake up to the fact that those authority figures are illegitimate, that increases the positive chances for change.
2: Richard? I read, when I was in college in Boston, in 1971, a book called The Late Great Planet Earth. And it was all about the um, predictions in the Bible from the um, book of Revelations. Right. And I read this book. I was raised Jewish, so this was coming from Christian, the Bible. Yeah. And I read it, and I said, I said, and I could see, you know, what was going on back then.
0: Right.
2: How could these people fifteen or 1,800 years ago see what was going to happen now? Because what they were describing in this book was what we're seeing now. Right. And, uh, you know, the, the, my wife, she sums everything up that's going on to one word, apocalypse. And I think we really are in the age of apocalypse. And uh, we are going, for many reasons, going to crash. I, I, it's actually my only hope that we're going to crash so bad that governments are going to get wiped out. The big organizations are going to get wiped out and we're going to be forced down to the local level. Mm, okay. I, think, I think that's the only hope for many of us. Is B- build our- a new
1: society at the local level.
2: At lo- yeah, lo- local. I live in a local level, and I'm engaging more and more here. Right. But uh, So it feels natural to me because I'm already there. But you know, all the institutions, and medicine being the worst, <laughs> the worst. And we did show that in World War II, the most nasty, in fact, if you really look at the history, who stuck, who backed Hitler? It was it pharmaceutical? IG Farben? Was who it con- a par-
1: partnership of the drug companies and the banks?
2: Yeah. Right. And um, so nothing is going to start, unless these guys die somehow or put in jail, which doesn't look like it's happening anytime soon. There's going to be a wipeout. That's what they want. They want Bill Gates, the Georgia Stones. Let's reduce the the planet's population to 500 million. Yeah. Meaning let's go seven and a half billion people. I think they'd love to do that. Bill Gates would love to do that.
1: Yeah, I agree. Although I think they may not be aware of it, but I think the plan is to reduce it 100 percent. Not, you know, that that's a step. But I think it's a total extermination plan. But I, I guess we'll find out.
2: Well, we're, we're doing a good job, and it's really just starting. So my only hope is we yeah. get, the quicker we get wiped out, that the, the financial system falls apart, and things just fall apart, and the governments can't cope with it, we get knocked down to a local level, and more people will survive that way. And if we continue to go and let these people, the worst people of the part of the population running the show, the worst.
1: Right. I know. It's amazing. I don't, I don't, it's incredible that there are that many. And the other thing is, there's a lot of people serving them who don't really understand that they're helping with that. I mean, the lowest level, which is the most numerous of the servants of evil right now are the people who think they're saving the world. A lot of yeah. them are a lot of them are highly educated.
2: Yeah. Right. So it's tough. It's tough. It's going to be it's going to be a lot tougher than almost everybody thinks. Science fiction. There's been plenty of movies that show how bad it gets, But people still think they're movies
1: yeah yeah i I agree I mean my issue with it is I don't like mass suffering of everybody i you know always looking for ways that it doesn't have to go as far as it wants to and i i don't uh, on on the visible level <clears throat> virtually every institution and aspect of society is. Full of people in the power positions that are serving the agenda.
2: That's correct.
1: Worldwide, that's almost everywhere.
2: That's almost everywhere. Um, If not, you know, on a national level, it's everywhere. We're into each country. Some much worse than others. Austria. Austria's gotten really
1: bad, Yeah.
2: Australia people there crying out. I mean, people are people are reacting. People, but they they're ready.
1: Yeah, <laughs> the, New, the
2: police are ready.
1: New Zealand is really bad too at the
2: moment. New Zealand. I mean, crazy crazy politicians. Uh, the, the
1: queen thing. the queen of New Zealand just announced that fortunately people would be able to go to someone's house and use the bathroom. She said that would be incredible luxury. I think she said it yesterday or something.
2: I have an image in front of me. It says, what, what, a time, what a time to be alive. It's like the collapse of Rome, but with Wi-Fi.
1: Exactly. Yeah. And media to keep you up to date on everything that's not true.
2: Yeah. Here's a, the, the people I named this essay was uh, John Whitehead and his wife. Here's a, one of the most nasty quotes. I've, through, through its acts of perhaps brutality, meanness, inhumanity, immorality, greed, corruption, debauchery, and tyranny, the government has become almost indistinguishable from the evil it claims to be fighting. Whether that evil takes the form of terrorism, as you said, torture, disease, drug trafficking, sex trafficking, murder, violence, theft, pornography, scientific experimentations, or some other diabolical means of inflicting pain, suffering, and servitude on humanity. I think that's pretty accurate.
1: Yeah, I'm not sure if they left anything out, but that's a pretty complete list. That's pretty complete it's just weird to i mean it's like reading a comic book remember that in the earlier decades they had these adventure comic books of all kinds of apocalyptic scenarios and Mm -hmm. it's like reading one of those except that the problem is you're in it you know and you're wondering how do i get off the page you know i'm one of the characters and you're wondering you know, who wrote this script?
2: You know. You know what? My main protection in life is actually God. Right. You no, know, I've med- been meditating every day for about four years. I, <clears throat> I guess, in the beginning of my spiritual path, I guess when I was like 28. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so 40, forty years ago, I from actually from the New Testament, from Christian Bible, and I was studying Freud in college at that moment. And I read this somebody, some martial arts guy gave me a book he wrote called Bible Psychology, and in it I found this phrase, and it says it said seek first the kingdom of heaven. And everything will be given to you. I remember that. And I, I, I said, wow, that's, that's the best psychology i ever read. And I swallowed yes, it, it, identified with it. I went on a big ego trip about for a year or two. And my head handed to me by living in a community, practicing something called creative conflict.
0: Hmm.
2: You to prove that you're listening in a group situation. And I lived that. And starting right after 9-11, you know, I, you know, I kind of was lost for many years, and only had my spirituality, really had, didn't have my place in the world. Yeah. And 9-11 happened. I was living in, living in a little beach town in the northeast of Brazil, doing massage in the hotels to make money. Uh-huh. 9-11 was attacked. And everybody on the streets was saying, Oh, the Americans did it to themselves. And I said, No way, no way, Jose. I couldn't believe it. And six months later, I believed every word of it. But the the, the real story uh, for me was I I was, again, I was living on the beach, about a mm, kilometer away from the beach, Mm -hmm. very isolated. And I'm there on the beach, and I get a phone call. on am a cellular, and there's a guy sitting in front of my house looking for me. And we ran back to the house, and there's this guy, and he said, I need help. I'm very happy that the, t- the tower's attacked, and I hate Jews. And here I'm being a Jew, and he's asking for help. Right, And so I, I invited him in and started helping him, and from that moment in my life, as the world started going down, which it did after 9-11, my life finally started going up. And I'm just, whatever, I have no idea, explanation about it, but my connection to the universe through my ability to tune into pure consciousness every day, somehow orchestrated by life
1: and what was the role of that guy that you said hated people he was, and he
2: was he, he was an, he was a muslim yeah He'd been living in brazil his uh his his cousin was the only guy who's mayor in the south of brazil he was the only one arrested temporarily he was a lawyer big lawyer in Brasilia. He eventually invited me to Brasilia to, to de- work with the company with this process, Creative Conflict. And my, my mentor, Christopher Hills, who passed away, I guess, in 1997, right. he said to us 40 years ago, he said, learning about love is a matter of survival at this point. If the human race doesn't learn love, we're finished.
1: I think most people don't even know that definition of love that you're talking about you know that they're aware of the kind that goes up and down and it's romantic and you really love somebody and then they do the wrong thing and you hate them and i, I there's a stable kind that you're referring to that
2: is Very stable. Uh,
1: really interesting
2: i define love i mean there's many things, I mean, i've written books about it but the bottom line to love is listening You you listen to people you love. If you're a loving person, you know how to listen and you do listen. When there's no listening, there's no love. When there's profound listening and communication of course sharing, there's love. And that's why this process, creative conflict, was became the most unpopular process psychological, spiritual process on the planet. Nobody wanted to do it anymore after this group finished in california because the first step in the process is proving listening, which confronts your ego in a flash in front of people proving what sorry i didn't hear it proving that you're listening oh if you're you're in a group situation and say your husband and wife or whoever it is you're and one person is really angry at another person. Let's say something simple. You know, you come home every day and you never do the dishes. And it pisses me off. And I want to punch you in the face or whatever. Yeah. In this process, the person who's being even attacked because the other person is just lost it. Before he can say a word or she can say a word, she has to mirror no matter how extreme, usually it's not that extreme, as I say, oh, so um, David, what I hear you saying is that you are only pissed at me and you want to kill me because you feel like I don't care because I never do the dishes, meaning leave it all to you. Right. People don't do that. People who are not trained to, to, to it's called mirroring. So, a person who does that, who could really mirror even in the most extreme situation in terms of people being actually even against you and listen to that, well, that is real listening. When you listen, people nearest to you can need to express to you people are hiding this, people hide their vulnerability. They hide their feelings so everybody this, you know, this is the basic fabric of humanity you know it's like not, not, not too deep as you said very well people know romantic love the love that comes and goes but when you when you're a trained listener and you're dedicated to listening because you have a good heart and you've been trained very few natural listeners. My wife is one. Um, You know, once you are a listener, you are. It's it's like you, you become loving, and you are. It doesn't change, because you're always listening, no matter what the situation is, and showing people that. But that's not what we live with, and we're getting exactly what you expect, exactly what my mentor said 40 years ago. We didn't learn about love. And now, look what look what we got.
1: Right. And it doesn't mean that you couldn't do it when you figure that out. But I wanted to ask you a question that you said about that passage, you know, from the Bible that you quoted, the, that seek ye first the king, kingdom of God, and you get everything else after that. And that, I think, is really important. And it's a matter of defining what what it means you know and I, what i'm seeing is that if you look I, I think the reason i'm bringing this up and asking for your feedback is that there is a level you know my experience like yours has shown that this god thing is actually real it's not just a belief there is this massive original limitless perfect consciousness that exists now beyond time and it never changed, and it doesn't depend on whether we believe in it or not. Because belief is not knowledge. Getting to it is different. And so, um, what I'm interested in, since, you know, I have a bias. I don't like everybody being slaughtered down here and tortured. That kind of, that really bothers me. And if there's anything we could do to alter it so that people wake up and and get back to their real state instead of being tortured i think that would be better so the question is on the physical level as you pointed out the chances for that don't look really very good right now because all the positions of power are full of some degree of satanists and and that's all over the world and their intent is not friendly. But, okay, so if you don't do it on that level, and I still think the protests are good and the educational efforts are good and all that, but not adequate in themselves, which is why the bad guys are so confident and excited right now. But at the top level, what I found, and at the top level, it's not even human when you go up far enough. Um, they are worried They know they have one weak spot and that's that there's something that we could do that's not physical that would make their success impossible. And that's what I meant when I was mentioning the consciousness test idea to you. I was referring to something connected to that so that on a real level, not a belief or a belief system or, you know, memorized Anything that you're supposed to do, but on a real level, connecting to that, what was referred to in that quote as the kingdom of God, which people interpret, I think, wrongly as just a religion to memorize and recruit more people to it, I, I think is way beyond that. And I think it's a reality. And um if we had a way to connect to it and then act as a bridge.
2: Which, which, which we do.
1: Yeah. Exactly, and if we became a bridge from that down into the mundane physical world, I think that's the only weak spot in the satanic plan at the moment, that it could really change it.
2: Mm, well, I think enough people... As, as I say, if you can't listen to humans, if you're not a listener, how do you listen to God? You don't. You can believe in God. You can believe right. in concepts. But if you're not a listener, the hardest thing to listen to is God because it's totally silent.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's silent on the physical level. But at a certain point, it becomes, like, really, really obvious.
2: And and at that my, point,
1: right? Sorry, go ahead.
2: My my. My way of exp- uh, uh, trying to explain what we're talking to people is if you're sitting down and meditating, close your eyes, and you get rid of your thoughts, which very few people can do, which means you get rid of your concepts and your ideas and your beliefs mm-hmm. and your thoughts about anything that's happening, and then you have a, a healthy or a peaceful body, you have no emotions, what's left? If you take away all those things but you're still alive and you're still breathing that's what you get by default you get down to pure consciousness which is by definition that light that's everywhere i mean the the, the universe the radius of the known universe is about almost 40 billion light years if you take, and this is how I get into my vacation every morning now, I take a trip that was given to me by the uh, Hubble Telescope, which has been zo- zoomed out. You can go, and there's a video online about it. Mm-hmm. Leave the galaxy, and you know what I do is, I, I some, sometimes I'll give you exactly what I used to do. Sometimes is first I take off from the planet Earth like Superman get up to about 200 miles, look back at the Earth, the the Moon, the Sun. So I'm very local. Then like a flash, I go to the whole solar system, see these huge planets, 2 billion miles away, going around the Sun, because gravity is so strong. Then I fly out to Alpha Centauri, which is four light years away. Then I flash with consciousness, because I'm not... You know, that's, this is what I'm doing, using my imagination. Yeah. I go 20,000 20, light years to the galactic center, look at the galaxy of 200 billion stars, and then I take this trip on the Hubble, and I go out to about 10 billion light years away, until you go far out, there's nowhere to go. And then that's where I start my meditation, because no me left. I just have my consciousness. And then I start saying my prayers from that space. But it's it's there. The universe is there. Right. The light, all the light of all the stars is going everywhere, including into your brain, into your heart, into your nose. I mean, so... But, People are too busy being religious or whatever. You know, we've made our cake.
1: It's fear of the un, fear of the unknown, is a
2: lot of it. But it is fear of love, ego, affecting our egos, our sense of self.
1: Right. Well, they're identifying with the costumes that they're wearing. You know, the ones we call uh, physical bodies. I think is the term, mm. and they th- they think that's who they are. And I think it's really important to the rulers to keep us thinking that that we're these little tiny limited creatures that can't do very much.
2: Richard, I'm going to turn on my video and see if it works. That'd be nice. So yeah. Imagine near the end of the show. Yeah, let's and maybe the internet is a little better now.
1: That would be great. So um I guess what we could end with is that I, I think what you're talking about, the fact that you can travel like that, obviously the speed of light is a fake limit on speed. That's correct. Right. I mean there's instantaneous movement between any points at any distance from a certain consciousness level and i think that's going on all the time and yet what you're talking about is only the very very beginning part that's still physical because all the all the physical universe that they're estimating the size of and all that it's still the mundane physical world it just includes some other planets and stars and things but there are universes that aren't physical that are much bigger than the physical one are also accessible and then there's the point after all those levels whatever number there are of where it all came from which is the most real of any of it even though we're kind of out of touch with it right now and what i'm saying is that's the creative point of everything and it existed before any creation process happened and it's complete so since that's where we came from why not get out of the way with all the stuff you said about the ego and you know all this identification with the body and all that what what if we get that out of the way and connect back directly to where we came from which we're already connected to or we wouldn't exist but just become aware of it and then let that energy flow into the this place that's having some problems and see what changes and I'm not suggesting it as a belief but actually doing
2: it mm-hmm. My, my one of my concepts and actually comes from this um dead guru, Osho. I and mean, if you heard of him, what's his name? But he Osho Bhagwan Rashnish. rash
1: yeah, I have I, heard of him. He had a town up in Oregon where his yeah, followers yeah, were coming in and living. Yeah, yeah.
2: One of the things he said, some you know, he was a kind of crazy guy, but he said some very interesting things, and one of them. Is like meditation is practicing death. That's and interesting. He said, he said sex or orgasms is also like practicing death. And I don't know if you've heard of ayahuasca.
1: It's, it's sure, I know. I, I know about that.
2: That's also can be a, a practice for death. I've had a few near death experiences with ayahuasca. And really, what death really is. <clears throat> we don't really know really what it is, but part of it is an annihilation of self. Your ego doesn't go through that barrier. What goes through is up for debate, many, many beliefs. But when you practice dying on a daily basis, meaning you get less attached to oneself, to one's thoughts, to one's body, so one's emotions, emotions are very tough, or feelings, but emotions and feelings are different. When you get used to dying, well, when you really do die, it's not such a traumatic thing because you practice all life,
0: it's... Um,
1: I had an un this is this is a completely unacceptable conversation as as we said in the beginning, and it would be, and as long as it is, I'll throw in something else is that for whatever reason I got born into this particular costume with a memory of of deaths and births, some of them and so death I think birth is harder than death from my perspective, but um But we're just changing form, you know, and when you say, get rid of the self, I would just say there's a perspective where that would be seen as getting rid of the fake self. And the real self is what's left. yeah. Yeah, the ego is just a bunch of nonsense. There's nothing to defend, you know, as far as our labels go. And even with science, I mean, this doesn't have to be what they call spiritual only. Real science doesn't have ego involved. It just wants to know what's true. And if you find that your perspective is wrong, that's great, because then you're closer to what's right. So you don't try to fight for it. Mm. Right? And that's normal science. And in the Vietnam War when I was in college in the mid-60s, there was a great bumper sticker that said, question authority. And then there was one that followed immediately after saying, question everything. The basis of science, right? And actually, the basis of spiritual quest. They're really not completely different.
2: Medical science, science and terrorism. Uh, I'm the guy in the planet who coined the term pharmaceutical terrorism. Yeah, My first published book was Terror of Pediatric Medicine, which is about pharmaceutical terrorism.
1: Is that still available?
2: No, I, I had to take it down. I took most of my vaccine stuff down three years ago when Google started trying to annihilate me. Okay. So I had to save my basic work, which is about sodium bicarbonate, magnesium, iodine, yeah. selenium.
1: Yeah, great That's stuff. Mine. In fact, you've still got that work available, right? I, I think you called it... Um, Natural allopathic medicine or something
2: like that? Oh, sure. That's what my site's all about. You know, one of the, the first, my, I don't know if you, it'd be good for everybody to hear this. Down here in Brazil, with government in a state north of Brazil, in a nice apartment, they took 300 people and they nebulized of all things sodium bicarbonate into their lungs, after they were deaf, and they couldn't nebulize, they just pump it in and then pump it out, lungs. They saved every one of these patients with sodium bicarbonate. It was in the news. When I published about it, it was the first article I wrote that Facebook just took down after was pub, i forget about me publishing it. The information from the doctors publishing this, no, never heard of again. And that's just one example.
1: Yeah. And what kind of patients were those? That what what was wrong with them?
2: COVID, COVID all dying of COVID.
1: Oh, okay. Well,
2: COVID did, patients. They don't some... want. They don't, here's, here's information. Nobody wants to know in the medicine. Viruses are pH-sensitive. This, this is old science. And there's a lot of research, not a lot, but quite a bit of research on different viruses. They're sensitive to changes in pH. You yeah. could do a whole show on this. So sodium bicarbonate, the cheapest medicine on the planet, you know, pulls the rug out of viruses, bacteria and fungus, because it gives you a rapid uh, ability to rapidly change the pH, pull the rug out from these infections.
1: So this is related to what Dr. Sinney was doing, right?
2: Yes, he was doing it with cancer. Now, you know, I happen to have the most sophisticated deep course on cancer in the world. So it's, I offer it. I offer it for almost nothing. But in Europe, in the university. It's uh, part of an online doctoral program. It costs a lot of money. And I have it online and I sell it for one tenth. One of the essays to promote it was Know more than your oncologist. Because if you read uh-huh. the- do the course, you'll know more than your oncologist because they're like almost doctors, they have blinders on. And they see only surgery, chemo, and radiation.
1: So is that course available on your website?
2: Yeah, sure. Right on the first page.
1: Is that something you would recommend for people trying to figure out what to do with cancer?
2: Of course. Understand. People, when they go, you know, even looking at the alternatives, it, there's so much information. Yeah. And it's so scattered. That, of course, if you get a real solid education and look at the basic causes of cancer and all the different possibilities of treating it, it helps. It helps.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's a really good thing to know. So we'll refer people to that course. And um, what about the general uh, natural allopathic medicine? curriculum. Is that still available too?
2: Well, do I have a book called um, Treatment Essentials, which goes over all the different parts of the protocol, and I'm going to publish an updated version very soon.
1: Okay. And because one, one of the things that people talk about being good about allopathic medicine is the many great Brave and creative physicians that work in emergency rooms and take care of people who have just been run over by cars and, you know, that are hard to treat that with a, you know, natural protocol. But what you pointed out in, in your approach is that if that, if the good parts of that traumatic medicine care could be preserved, but paired with less toxic tools that they use. That would be a, a really good match, right? Am I understanding that right?
2: Yeah. I, I, I pay most of my attention to ICU, uh, But, of course, it overlaps in the emergency room. One of the best doctors in the world, I think, his name is Dr. Paul Marrick, And I guess he's in Virginia and he came up with a new protocol for treating sepsis, which kills a lot of people. Huh. And um, it was part pharmaceutical and part natural medicine. My whole, pr- my whole approach to medicine was based on ICU and emergency rooms, which when their back is against the wall they, and the pharmaceuticals are not working and a person dying, What do they turn to? If you're having a heart attack, they inject uh, magnesium chloride, magnesium sulfate. If your blood is turning acid, they'll they'll inject or give you an IV. The sodium bicarbonate company, pharmaceutical company, makes injectable selenium. These things are life-saving things that when people are dying, they save their people's lives. All right. So my my approach is not to treat people who are de- you know right, not working in an ICU department, but the whole general approach is to take these incredible life saving medicines that are very inexpensive, and instead of using them at the moment of death, use them every day when you are treating a chronic disease, using our life saving power of these certain natural medicines that are medicines. You illegal know, legal medicines in ICU and emergency rooms. And you use them every day. every day.
1: And this is what's in Treatment Essentials, right, in the book?
2: It's also in my new book. My newest book is called Hydrogen Medicine. And the subtitle is combining oxygen with hydrogen and carbon dioxide. Combining these three primary gases, which should, I mean, in, in Japan and China, they're starting to include hydrogen in ICU and emergency rooms. You take the three gases and you balance them and you increase the hydrogen content. You're talking about miracles in medicine. What are the three gases again? Hydrogen. Yeah, oxygen, and carbon dioxide.
1: Okay. If
2: you, take, if you take a tank of oxygen in a hospital and you give it to a person, just oxygen, you kill them. You cannot give oxygen without CO2. So 5 to 10% of that bottle has to be CO2. In
1: Ox- reality... Oxygen, oxygen by itself is what they call an oxidizer, right?
2: Yes. It and tears, tears things
1: up. Yeah,
2: it's it's deadly. CO two makes it safe. CO two is is not a um, evil gas that we need to get rid of. It's a it's w- without CO two, there's no life on Earth.
1: Right, we no exactly. oxygen
2: on Earth. So it's very healthy. It's a very healthy gas. We produce it. It's not just a waste product. But hydrogen makes it into a real healing combination. What kind uh, of... A, give you an exa- Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Give,
1: do the example. No, I'll ask you after.
2: Hydrogen medicine has only been around since 2007. Okay. it been really big in Japan and China. But 70, 80 years ago, there was a Swiss diver who set the record for deep-sea diving. He went down... 2,000 feet, very cold, back-breaking pressure. He survived and could operate down there by breathing 96% hydrogen and only 4% oxygen.
1: Wow, amazing.
2: To give you an idea of how powerful it is in terms of Sustaining life alive in the most stressful situation. Of course, being in ICU on your last day of life is very stressful.
1: Yeah, I can imagine. But it also calls into question how much oxygen you need to stay alive. Because if he was only getting 4% and his brain was still working and everything was fine, what does that mean?
2: Exactly. Exactly. What does that mean? Yes, oxygen is important, but we don't breathe. The, the, the desire to breathe doesn't come from the need for oxygen. It comes from getting rid of excess CO2. CO2 is, triggers breathing. So the higher your CO2 level is in your blood, the more oxygen your cells get.
0: Hmm. It's,
2: it's kind of different, totally kind different,
1: different than what's taught. Oh.
2: And yet, that's a, that, it's basic science basic science. Right. Yes. E- exercise exercise is healthy. one of the basic reasons we make a lot of CO2. So we have to be faster to get rid of the excess. And by consequence you get a lot of oxygen.
1: Isn't so when interesting? you're sitting
2: around what do, when you're sitting around or sleeping or eating, watching TV, being on the computer, yeah. and you're breathing too fast which almost everybody does, you're getting rid of too much CO, and that's really bad for health. Isn't it
1: interesting that they've demonized CO2 as the gas that has to be exterminated from the planet? That's right. I mean, in Iowa and some other places, I think, too, they have machines that they're setting up to try to eliminate CO2. And pumping underground so it won't be in the air to kill everybody. And they're proposing to cut down forests because there's carbon in trees. And if you just bury it, it won't get into the air and kill us.
2: Trees love, C- all plants love CO2. Right. And the hothouses, you know, they pump in CO2 because it makes the plants grow better, faster, more healthy. And even a million years ago, there was much more CO2 in the atmosphere. CO2 is a wonderful right. gas. More forests in the planet now. We do have a little bit more. 400, what is it, 400?
1: Uh, it's about 400, four, a little over 400 at the moment. But apparently it's been, you know, 4,000 before and things were much healthier. Right, right. And, and there are also something really interesting from looking at the actual unadjusted temperature tables, there appears to be no correlation at all between temperature and CO2. Oh,
2: none, none, absolutely none. And vaccines are wonderful and get yeah. your COVID out and don't prepare for cold winter. And I don't
1: know. Yeah. Just keep watching TV. So, well, we'll wrap it up for the moment and uh, encourage people to go to your site drsircus.com and everything comes from there i think everything that you've got is keyed well, on that site.
2: The, yeah from that site you'll see links to my hydrogen sites i have you know, hydrogen information side hydrogen products and you know, different machines okay and I also have you so you that, that's the link from the first page but I have a separate site called coldclimatechange.com.
1: okay and there's a link to that too
2: not from uh, sometimes I publish like right now if you went there you'll see an article at the bottom I knew one of my articles from last week. They said that there's not enough energy on Earth to keep eight billion people warm on a cooling planet. And that's on my cold climate change site. And there's not.
1: Unless they stop killing the people with the free energy technologies. Yeah, that's something That would help. Absolutely. So okay. Well that's a lot to absorb, so it's thank you hopefully, yeah <laughs> hopefully we'll uh do episode two before long here so hold on and we'll say goodbye in the break so there goes dr mark circus you guys i hope you found that interesting it was kind of a wide-ranging extensive discussion you know none of it was planned we just sat around and talked spontaneously and uh, it's pretty dark you know the projection that he's making for the future but it's not hard to justify based on what the crazy rulers are doing and and the crazier people that are following them actually you know which is too many of us are just blindly following authority and i don't try to convince anybody that is in that state because they they have so much fear that they're and they don't realize it they just they've been programmed to not be able to hear anything different than the mainstream narrative and they get mad generally so we try to approach it other ways and some people are open to knowing what's going on but they're the minority and as i think we pointed out during the discussion even some of the high profile really brilliant brave doctors are like dr circus said are rushing to say oh but i'm not i'm not any vax i'm not any vax Well, they should be, (laughs) not because of a policy that's blind, but because, like we talked about, if you do the homework, read Dr. Suzanne Humphrey's book, Dissolving Illusions, and Dr. Tim O'Shea's book, Vaccination is is Not Immunization. That's a good one. And there's a bunch of other ones. And it's just clear that if you take away the the fake news about it and the hype and the sales pitch for vaccines i i'm really interested in finding out when they've ever prevented disease and i have not been able to find any cases of it yet certainly it didn't happen with polio or smallpox those were all totally different as explained by dr humphreys and other people it's just that you know, regular vaccines were just destroying people's immune systems and they got more of every sickness and they weren't killing so many so fast as the current vaccine. So it's understandable that people get a little bit discouraged about what's happening. And and my effort, my main focus has been... Um, Find something we can do, you know, not just we'll get a lot of storable food, which I'm sure is a good idea, and water and supplies and stuff. But how can we change this? And don't assume that we can't turn it around. And a lot of our good guests, great doctors and other people, have been saying, you know, like Peggy Hall is a great example of this. Create a parallel solution starting now, or starting whenever you started, and. We have to rebuild civilization, hopefully before the old one fully crashes, to minimize the, the shock. And I would say beyond that, there's another avenue that's kind of similar to the analogy I often quote of in The Lord of the Rings, where Aragorn is going with the party of Theoden to go try to save Minas Tirith. Hopefully, you've at least seen the movie. If not, you might want to see the movies. They're really good, the the first three. Um, and he leaves the war party to go under the mountain and come through a path that nobody's ever survived. And everybody thinks he's just deserting. And he, by doing that, he brings in this gigantic force that can't be stopped and saves the city because he looks at it in the beginning and he says, well, we're outnumbered. The other people have weapons that we don't have. <clears throat> they can wipe us out. We need something different. And it's like in Avatar when Jake is coming back to try to save the the people, the indigenous indigenous people of the planet there. And he's saying sometimes if things are really... Really bad and you can't see a way out. You have to take it to a whole new level. And I'm saying we're definitely in that situation now. So although you want to do all the preparation things, um, and educational programs and protests in the streets and stuff, those are all good, but I don't think they're enough. So if you take, if you turn aside from that war party and Lord of the Rings and go under the mountain, which represents uh, onto areas that people think are just beliefs, they're just religions, they're just things to make you feel better when everything's falling apart. There's a real aspect that's not a belief system. If we can get into that and contact it, the thing that the religions are talking about before they got put in other terms, that still exists. And there's no guarantee that we can use that to turn it around I don't see any time in history where that's ever successfully been done, but I think it can be done. So I guess that's kind of an outside-of-the-box approach. Do the physical things that you can do, but there is another level, and you can actually use it on a physical situation. So that's what Planetary Healing Club is about. If you ever want to check that out, that's accessible through planetaryhealingclub.com. Or you can ask questions about it if you're not sure or just wondering about it. Contact forms are on the website or richard at lostartsradio.com. And if you want to keep us on the air, remember there's donate button at lostartsradio.com because we don't do many commercials. In fact, I think none is the most accurate terminology for it. And there's a subscribe star link next to the donate button. Either one of those works. Um, this is our sunday show we have a saturday show too now which is about current events and that's called lost arts radio live check that out on lost on lostartsradio.com and that show is right before the live weekly meetings of planetary healing club in a non-censored environment that's where we talk about more depth of this whole thing for people that are ready for that i think that's about it the main thing is help us share the links you know donate if you can on the donate button at com, but not if you're struggling for money and at least help us share the links if you want to and take good care of yourself because you're not one helpless person out of eight billion you're this amazing brilliant unlimited being that's temporarily wearing a physical costume if that if you can realize that and live in that while you're still here There's no limit on what you can do, and we need people willing and brave enough to explore that unknown path or untalked-about path and bring the other levels into this one while we still have time. So if you want to help with that, I would appreciate it. I think it would be a good thing to do, really important for the future. And in the meantime, take good care of yourself. Get your physical health back as much as you can. Learn how to do that. The, fit, the real health information is violently suppressed in our world now, but it's still there like it always was. And then that makes it easier to go into the deeper levels that we're talking about. So I think that's about it. Take care of yourself. Thanks for being with us. I appreciate it. And we'll see you here next time. Have a good night.
3: Introducing Lost Arts Radio on Subscribestar.com. Just go to Subscribestar.com slash LostArtsRadio to find our rewards program offering 10 different giving levels starting at just 5 bucks a month. We offer incredible value for any rewards level from extra monthly interview videos not available publicly to subscription-based Planetary Healing Club videos once, twice, or three times a month to private counseling sessions with Lost Arts Radio host Richard Sachs, to tech help with me, Doug Diamond. We even have one option where you can be the star on Lost Arts Radio as our guest on a specially produced show just for you. We conduct an interview with you and broadcast it to our growing network and listenership. Our subscribe star levels are one of a kind and offer great rewards for any budget. Please help support Lost Arts Radio. We can't do it without you. With increasing censorship on many of our channels, we really need your support today to keep doing what we're doing. As Richard says, we're not even at survival level yet. Lost Arts Radio has three weekly shows. Lost Arts Radio Live each Saturday night at 7.30 Eastern, 4.30 Pacific, which is a live stream currently on multiple platforms in case we get banned from some of the larger ones. Right now, we're on Facebook Live, Twitch, and DLive. You can access these broadcasts by going to www.lostartsradio.com slash live for all the links to those channels. The Planetary Healing Club meets right after Lost Arts Radio Live at 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific on Saturday nights. And our Sunday show with guests airs at 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific on Sunday nights on our Blog Talk Radio channel, our YouTube channels, Facebook pages, and on Brideon. Be sure to sign up for our free email list just in case we do get banned on Big Tech's platforms. It's just a matter of time, really. They don't like the stuff we talk about, and they do not want the truth out there. In fact, they have already attacked us numerous times. Join our free email list so we can let you know where we are and how to access our shows. The sign up button is right on the top right on most pages of our website. The best starting point for all things Lost Arts Radio is our main site, lostartsradio.com, where you can find the hottest news selection videos that we curate just for you. Those are on the homepage and added to daily, as well as articles and breaking news about information you really need to know. Our show archives, the ten most recent shows, are right on our homepage, as well as our Blog Talk Radio page at blogtalkradio.com slash Or just click the All Things Radio Show tab right on our website. We're in the podcast directory on iTunes and all of our shows except the banned ones are on our YouTube channel at Lost Arts Radio. Our Brideon page is really taking off and we often have Editors Picks videos right on their homepage. Visit Brideon.com slash channel slash Lost Arts Radio. On our site, you can also access our free listener forum as well as sign up for the Planetary Healing Club, which is just $25 a month, where you get private access to a one-on-one interaction with host Richard Sachs and myself and the other club members who participate live. More info can be found at planetaryhealingclub.com. We're providing solutions in there to make the world a better place. Come join us. Stay tuned because up next, you'll get to hear a really great song by an independent artist that we're doing our best to support. Go to lostartsradio.com slash music for the full list of all the great songs and bands that we spin on our audio-only podcast shows. If you're in a band and want to submit a song for consideration for airplay on Lost Arts Radio, visit my website at diamonddiscaudio.com for more information about the music placement, mastering, and mixing work that I do. Thanks again for listening to and supporting Lost Arts Radio. We love having you as part of our family to learn, experience, and grow with.
0: I am hearing your voice Brightening down the madness of the day Every room tells of mistakes I have made Battles lost within the bloody frame But I am hearing you above the noise I turn and run to you I have no choice I am Choosing to trust in love over logic and following the sound of your voice. Yes, I am you from you above the din. Remembering your touch on my skin. I'm choosing to trust in love over pride and drawing a to breath, begin again. again. The madness is the struggle for love And feeling you've been hurt and understood So I move toward you Like metal to magnet Seeking what I know is only good But I am you, you above the all. i choosing to trust in love over logic Following the sound of your voice Yes, I am hearing you above the deep Remembering your touch on my skin I'm choosing to trust in love over logic. Drawing a deep breath begin again Few lines are drawn in brilliant light Horses of gray and black and white Always my head is so true knowing You wait for me to come back home Above the noise Above the noise. Turn and run to you I have no choice Ain't I'm no choice. choosing to trust In love, love over logic, logic. Following and the sound of your, your voice. voice Yes, I am hearing you above the tip you Remembering your touch on my Trust and love over love, love, Drawing a deep breath, breath again and again. Again. again Choosing to trust and love, love over God Drawing a deep breath again again